This podcast is sponsored by Audible.com. To get a free 30-day trial and a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash thelapse today. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Lapse Storytelling Podcast, where we tell true stories gussied up. I'm your host, Kyle Jest, and today we've got a story from Rosa Del Duca. Rosa spent a good chunk of time in the U.S. National Guard and an even longer chunk of time trying to get out of it. This week's episode is a little longer than most, so why don't we just dive right in? I'm calling this one... Actually, that's not true. I got this name from Rosa. So she's calling this one The War Against War. Here it comes. This is The Lapse. Did you ever think about joining the National Guard? 2000, Y2K, the last leg of Rosa's high school studies. I scribbled out some numbers and, you know, one weekend a month, two weeks a year translates to about 10% army, 90% civilian. The recruiter's all dimples. You're going to be in college soon, right? Kind of laughed off my worries about, well, don't you have to do this and that? And Psh, For a girl like you, easy. That's easy tuition right there. We grew up pretty poor, and especially with a $6,000 signing bonus, I was like, ooh. Rose is 17, still a kid, though old enough for the U.S. military. I asked my mom to co-sign for me, and she said yes, if I thought about it long and hard. It's a couple weeks into boot camp. Rosa's a bit under the weather. <coughs> Meanwhile, the big exam, the one everyone's been buzzing about, it's happening. Rosa's trying to fit her mask. I have a tiny head, and they gave me a medium. Fifteen at a time, the kids file into a concrete room. There are several instructors, but their faces are obscured. Unlike the recruits, they've got full hazard suits. One of them produces a small pill. Counting down. Three. Two. One. The instructor cracks the pill. A cloud of neon green slowly envelops the room. Breathe. See? Your mask is working. All right. Now take off your mask. Rosa pulls the mask from her face, breaking the seal between her and the gas. Now we wait. Ever so slightly, her skin begins to tingle. Wait for it. You're supposed to get it on in nine seconds, but it's in a bag on your hip. All right, I've had enough. Open the bag, pull it out, slap it on your face, pull these elastic straps, tighten head. it here and here. And it has a hook. And it has a kiss I did not do it in nine seconds. We practiced it several times, and I, I was dead every time. The gas chamber just made it worse. My throat was awful after that. I think I lasted a day or two. And at night, I would wake up choking. She balks. Call the sergeant, please. Are you freaking crazy? You want to call down to the drill sergeant and tell him you need to go to the hospital right now at like one in the morning? As you might expect from a drill sergeant, he's not thrilled. But she gets her hospital. Turns out, mono. Mono is common in boot camp because all the canteens and the canteens aren't washed. They just like, I guess, run them through and then hand them to the next recruit coming into boot camp. Yeah, how did you get mono at boot camp, huh? And I was just like, it's not what you think. <laughs> the days flip by. Mostly, Rosa sleeps through them. She's to expect a briefing from one of the drill sergeants. The nurses are like, oh, they'll be by tomorrow. They'll be by tomorrow. 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 I never saw my drill sergeants, they never came. I was delusional and I, I'll just chill here for a week. Yeah, I'll be tired the rest of the boot camp, but it'll be fine. I'd gone through almost a month 
of training. Like, I don't want to do all of this over again. Rosa flies home. It'll be another year before she attends boot camp again. Another year, 2001. Rosa's sister looks up from the TV. Oh my God, what happens to you now? And I was like, I honestly, I don't know. For now, nothing. Rosa's primary concern is her second boot camp, forced to restart from the beginning. This time she does all right. The lack of mono kind of helps. Now she spends most of her time in college studying journalism. But as the conflict begins to escalate, and if he does not disarm, the United States of America will situation lead a changes. coalition and disarm him Again. in the name of peace. Operation Iraqi Freedom. So I started to realize that I didn't, I didn't believe in this war that we were fighting. While I didn't agree with the wars, I knew that there was nothing I could do. I'd signed this six-year contract. If, if I walked away, I, they were going to come after me and court-martial me and throw me in jail. My mom was worried. She was concerned that I might get called up, and, and I did get called up. And then the ROTC recruiter at school... That is the Reserve Officers Training Corps. Think Tom Cruise and Edge of Tomorrow. Someone had told him that I had gotten called up. And he'd kind of had his eye on me. He knew that I was in the guard, and he called me up because he was recruiting me. The recruiter says, if you join the ROTC, you can stay here and train to be an officer. When you're in ROTC and in college, you get to finish your degree before you can get called up. I felt worse and worse about our involvement in Iraq and Afghanistan at this point. And, you know, every weekend there were suicide bombings in markets that killed hundreds of people. I was fucking going to finish college before I got called up to a war zone. It'll mean extending Rose's contract beyond six years. Take it. This is your lucky day. This is your lucky day, and you need to buck up and own your responsibilities just like everyone else. You are not special. Sign her up. She's in. She spends her evening poring over the paperwork. There was a question that said, are you a conscientious objector? And this blew my mind. I had no idea that I could be that and in the military, but here it was on this military document. That's what I am. That's exactly what I am. I looked it up online and I found this organization called the GI Rights Hotline. But something stops her. I felt like a traitor. I felt like a spoiled American girl. ROTC has this huge opportunity for you to like serve your time honorably. You're gonna get your degree and then you're gonna be an officer over there. Things are gonna be fine, just, just fucking man up. The more I felt wrong about it and the more I thought about it. The man introduces himself as Andy. For my protection, that is not my real name. He tells her she can either be discharged or serve in a non-combat role. That is, if the military approves her. Rosa wants a discharge. I'll tell you right now, that is gonna be a tough one. But here's what I want you to do. Rosa's required to write an essay. Why her beliefs are important, who can back up her statement. They give her a list of questions, things like, when did your beliefs form? How do your religious beliefs preclude you from service? Which, I'm an agnostic, so my morals come from my mom and Star Trek. After the paperwork, She's required to speak with the chaplain. Hello. It's a quick one. Goodbye. Then off to psychiatric evaluation. Mom married this total asshole. You know, it's like the 
the typical asshole stepdad story. And we lived like five miles out of town and I just felt so trapped. And I guess, you know, the term for it is like I, w- I was a cutter when I got depressed. And the worst the army thing got, like, I wanted to hurt myself pretty bad. He was like, you don't belong in the military. I said, I know, (laughs) I know. The last part of the process proves a might less agreeable. Rose's interrogation. It was the investigating officer, the guy who had recruited me, and like a captain in the ROTC program against me. The officer launches into a tirade. I was a gold digger, a mercenary. I only joined for college. Dude, everyone joins for college money. That is what you offer. You know, it's funny, Miss Del Duca. I'm looking at your paperwork here, and it says nothing about a mental illness. He really went after the cutting thing because my recruiter had said, you know, like, don't put anything stupid on your paperwork. Like, I don't care if you've tried pot once. Like, do not say that. You are not a conscientious objector. I think a large part of why they denied me was that I wasn't religious. I honestly (laughs) wrote about Star Trek in my application because TNG, The Next Generation, I mean, we watch that every day after school, like, you know, like the prime directive. I'm bound by the rules of the United Federation of Planets, which ordered me not to interfere with other worlds, other cultures. Rosa consults a lawyer. The lawyer tells her, well, you need to write the rebuttal. So I did that. And then they wrote their own rebuttal. After a second rebuttal, there's kind of nothing you can do. But this rejection... Something's off. So Rosa speaks to another lawyer. The second rebuttal, he says, There's no written explanation as to why you were denied. He takes her case. Pro bono. And when he saw the whole thing, he was like, The first thing I want you to do is stop going to drill. Behind closed doors, I got screamed at a couple times, but still had to go to ROTC classes. I was in class every week, tromping around playing war games out in Poly Canyon. Mostly, Rosa keeps her head down. The officers shuffle her off to one side or another. But when she graduates and subsequently relocates, it suddenly gets very quiet. I emailed them, I was like, where do I go? Because I didn't want to be AWOL on top of everything else. They never responded to me, so I was very nervous that I was AWOL and that they were gonna come you know, knocking on my door. Rosa's lawyer reassures her. Are you familiar with the foundation of law in the United States? The writ of habeas corpus. And I was like, no. (laughs) He was disgusted with me, of course. But then he explained it and he was like, They cannot just say no. They have to give you a reason why they denied your application. And this is a very strong application. If they come after you, you can sue the federal government on the writ of habeas corpus. So she waits and waits. Months go by. And then... It's a package, a big one. Sign here, please. This is it. This is when they throw me in jail or make me pay back any cent that I ever took from the army. Rosa tears into it. There's a lot here. Medical records and like all my paperwork from the army. What is all this? And then she finds it. There's a sheet in there that said that I had been discharged six months before. Six months before was exactly six years to the day that I signed up for the National Guard, which is a mistake because I signed a three-year extension to get into ROTC. They had discharged me after my contract with the National Guard ran out. I didn't know that I would have this huge moral obligation to say no to war. That developed because that's one of the requirements. 
did your beliefs form after you joined? We protect young people from so many things. You can't vote. You can't drink. You can't rent a car. You can't do all of these things. But you're going to let them sign up for six years of military service when their personalities are still forming, their morals are forming, like they're learning to think for themselves. I wish I could say that I was ecstatic and I ran laughing home. I was so exhausted from like fighting them and um, I was so disillusioned with like the whole way that things went down too, that, that I felt like a criminal and that I'd been discharged for six months and they, they didn't even tell me. That story again was shared by Rosa Del Duca. Rosa's writing a memoir on her experience in the National Guard, and let me tell you, having had a chance to look at it, it's a hell of a story. This was but a very, very tiny, tiny piece of it. You can find more of her work at rosadelduca.com. If you need help spelling that, hit up thelaps.org or look at the title of this show. All the credit for this show's interview with uh, Rosa was done by Jesse Brennan, who's been doing the show's transcription for a while, if you've been listening. If you'd like to share a story with either Jesse or myself, email stories at thelaps.org. Just a reminder, our Patreon campaign is still running and we still need your help. Patreon.com slash thelaps. My name is Kyle Jest and this was The Laps. How many times can I mention The Laps in a five second window? <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>